1: Hello again. This is Sue Rose Minahan. I'm founder of Talk Cosmos. We've been online through podcasts and YouTube since April 7th, 2018. And this is the Kaleidoscope's panel, and we are celebrating two major transits. One is in Saturn that will be entering Pisces for two and a half years. It's actually over a three-year span. And then Pluto, just a few weeks later... That'll be a 20-year span, and it'll be in Aquarius. So with not much more to say, because these are social planets in social signs. Actually, Pluto is not a social sign. It's a, well, I don't want to say demolition. It's a transformational energy that is harnessing so many pathways ahead, So thank you for subscribing and for our conversations that have insightful conversations, awakening your consciousness. And now we are ready for Kaleidoscope Visions.
0: Learning about current transits and exploring soul growth cosmic conscious energies applied to natal transit chart readings provided from the audience. This is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel.
1: I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life.
2: And I am John Chenworth, an astrologer from Seattle, Washington. I grew up in southern Arizona and was so obsessed with mythology that I concretely imprinted the greco roman pantheon into my psyche. I still see those gods and goddesses infused into everything around me. My experiences of working with developmentally disabled and resource students for many years as both teacher and mentor has given me a strong compassion for others and has seasoned me with an exceptional reconciling energy. I have more than 18 years experience reading natal charts and continue to enhance consulting techniques by attending workshops and conferences. I use a unique blend of evolutionary archetypal and traditional astrological methods to look for themes in the birth chart for us to explore. I also enjoy penning poems and exploring Washington State on road trips.
1: And like the Sufi poet, Rumi says, You are the entire ocean in a drop. Ah, thank you so much. And for those that have followed us with Kaleidoscope Visions and with Cosmic Collaborations, which was the earlier panel, Amanda Pierce is still with us, but she's on a retreat. People do that, and it's for our greater... Life force, so she'll be back next month because we're always on the fourth week of every month for 2023. Hello, John. I'm so glad to have you back. Thank you. This is great. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll be a fearsome threesome as we go along. So, isn't this amazing? We have two dynamic powerhouses Saturn that has been ruling Pluto for what since 2008 in capricorn mm-hmm. and and in its own sign ruling its own sign for the last five years it's now finally shifting to pisces mm-hmm. yes
2: which is uh kind of strange for pisces to go through because pisces likes structure and pisces seems to be the furthest furthest from that so it's whole new it, territory for the planet to be in
1: it is an oxymoron in a sense although mm-hmm. as we know pisces breaks things down because it's the whole it's inclusive so those walls we could say are actually getting reformed it's like a cultural yeah reset
2: like where are the walls where is the foundation what are we standing on how does it need to shift i guess
1: yeah and how can the, the two really work well together i think in fact maybe we can have these slides thanks here we are, and for those folks that are on podcasts, it's no. But John Chenworth is SkyPath Astro is his website, and Talk Cosmos, of course. And then, if you choose to get the newsletter, that's super. And the YouTube, but here we are. Yes, Saturn. So Saturn's going to be on March seventh. Yeah. Until.
2: That's coming up quick.
1: <laughs> yes, it is until May 2025, 20, uh, May 23rd. And the past years that it's been involved because its cycle is every uh, twenty. It, it's that cycle, well, it's a major cycle, right? Our Saturn returns. for 29
2: early. and a half years, I guess.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so the last one was back in 93, 96. And for those people that want to see it,
2: I was looking can we go back to that last slide these are yeah, very interesting yes. to look at because in the 60s you know was the uranus uh pluto conjunction and with that you have saturn and pisces which is like uh, be careful how you're changing things i guess and then in the 90s i recently okay i started binge watching um northern exposure i don't even know, you know that program but yes, it's yes. How, how, came out of uh, seattle yeah a com- community learns to get along together and that's went with the last time saturn was in pisces i find that very interesting
1: oh yeah this tv
2: it, show that takes that collective idea and here it is <laughs> you know
1: beautiful isn't that the truth that really is it's a matter of how are we finding the me and the we yeah. using that and for the connection of the group you know it's it's especially and i was Yes. I think recognizing the
2: diversity as well, because they have this cast of all these different characters in this little town. I'm like, all right, we're going to get along here in the snow, right?
1: That's <laughs> very interesting. That's so great. I, here we have, and this chart is for Washington, D.C., okay, which sure. is the East Coast, represent Canada also, because our guest will be from Canada that we're having today. And for the transit reading that we'll apply this to at the half hour, after the half hour, but looking at Saturn and then we'll go to Pluto at zero degrees Pisces, March 7th will be from East Coast time at eight in the morning, 834 in the morning and actually 35 seconds. So that gives us a Taurus rising, which is really a lot to do about stability and life force. And it's right after a full moon. I was amazed with right. that.
2: huh. Like a, this is going to shine. This is a big moment. And what catches my eye on this chart is all those planets in Aries. Mm. So we're going to charge forward anyway into this strange territory of... <laughs> boundlessness right
1: yes Chiron in Aries which is an eight-year cycle one of the longer because it's so elliptical and it is identity finding your identity so this is another level up in working with that Uh, yes indeed and the values um, our belief systems yes that's enormous well Pluto (laughs) Like and not picture. to jump ahead, but <laughs> birds of a feather flock together. In Aquarius, yes, but here in Aquarius too, it is the dynamics. Yes, it's the air, the air sign. But yet, Pluto is always that from what, the depths coming up like a volcano. So mm-hmm. it's a mixed Trans, bag of-
2: transformation.
1: Yeah. And it will be entering on the 23rd, just two weeks later, which is right after the equinox. There's these larger patterns as they fit in that have purpose, as you said, as beginnings, because in astrology, I often look at the spring equinox as that moment of the real start. I
2: have some uh, notes here. I was thinking about Pluto's transformation, and then I I do a lot of keyword stuff so i listed a bunch of keywords for aquarius and uh, so transformation meets progress transformation meets rebirth and greatest good for the collective transformation of technology and science and last transformation of future thinking oh and probably like uh like friendships if you take that link to the 11th house a lot of people like to do that with aquarius right who are we hanging out with right
1: It brings those, yes, that networking, that like-minded group to a whole nother level. On the shadow side, we always need to be careful not to make it too narrow. But if we keep the polarity, as we speak with evolutionary astrology, of the Leo, of the heart open, Mm, then that brings in more inclusivity, which all of this is so important so that we're not just... Let's see what the next slide is. Oh, Here's the time. Because Pluto, when it enters, unlike Saturn that will be staying in Pisces for its duration, most of it, Pluto, because it is further out, will only stay in Aquarius at the very beginning degree of zero for two months till June. And then it goes just back into Capricorn the last few degrees until January. But then it stays there for 20 years. However, at that point in next january it's going to go it continues to go back to that zero degrees of aquarius which is so Mm -hmm. incredulous to me because that zero degree of aquarius which is a fixed air sign is identical it's a trigger point you could say back to the grand conjunction and all this astrological language but that's when the social planets jupiter and saturn connect every 20 years Within that twenty years, they stay in a certain elemental sign, which was, as we know, earth signs. But as of twenty twenty, when they made their last conjunction, it's going to be in air now for two hundred years. Exactly. And it was at zero degrees Aquarius.
2: Which is a, a shifting in thought and a way of doing things in the way we use our energy and how we deal with our environment and collective thinking. I like yes. I think it's 2024 20, these are all happening just that, that reminder like you said is gonna be interesting to think about
1: it is it's really like looking at a long voyage that we're at ahead of time we've got the we know the ports we're going to stop at we don't really know all the passengers that are going to be on the ship but we've never been to these ports and yeah. we don't even know how the ports have really changed from maybe the last time that we may have studied about them and we don't know what's going to occur as they approach so it's really moving in new directions here's that first ingress which will be march 23rd and again for the eastern chart it'll be at eight fourteen in the morning also and this is day daylight time because it, with our world it's we've shifted from the standard time to daylight time whoops what did i do oh i went to rose Okay, well, we'll go back. <laughs> that's right. Let's see what time. It's disappearing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here we have Pluto at zero degrees Aquarius for the first time.
2: And it's and... Uh, it, what stands out is that uh, I guess that's a quincunx to Mars, uh, that uneasiness, you know, just a little bit. But there's a, uh, I guess, a trine to Ceres. So
1: yes. Yeah, so what is that?
2: Groundedness, mean? you know.
1: Yeah, so it so I would say that that Mars is always action, always a motivation, a drive, a force. Right, and it is in communication. So we're and we're they're both air, so it's very mental, like you were speaking of. But the other one that's flowing because anything in a trine flows is in how are we nurturing ourselves? And are the, we the, nurturing?
2: Yeah, the, and the Queen Kuntz puts in that therapeutic note. Um, how are we working with this? Right.
1: Yeah, and so, yeah, there are a lot of initiatory dynamics. In fact, that flow between our action is actually working with Saturn that just went into uh, Pisces. Mm -hmm. So they may be not quite knowing how to talk to each other, but willing, wanting, wanting. When we have our fundamental structures, or, or what's fundamental, which Saturn represents, and our drives ahead, when they work together, that's very constructive.
2: Those light blue marks, those are quintiles, and it looks like there's a lot of them, which is the quintiles' creativity. So using mm-hmm. a creative approach to all the changes coming. That yes. for some really nice adjusting and being able to create
1: John, you're so great. To, I, I love ping-ponging off you because, yes, you know, I'm just Same, studying, <laughs> yeah, I'm studying vibrational astrology with Linda Berry, who now is, has a quarterly panel called Good Vibrations. She and Richard Smoot are joining. And in that study, which is fascinating, quintiles is the first behavioral energy that we come into, and it's playfulness, right. creative Playfulness, yeah. It's Very. a fifth of a
2: circle, and then they relate that to the fifth sign, Leo, and the fifth house, creativity. So it has that five vibration to it.
1: Right. So we and, and when we think about indigenous cultures, they all played. It was such a strong feature. And when you were bringing up all those wonderful words, which I think I'll have you repeat of of the energies that Pluto is bringing up innovative playfulness really is Mm. hallmark so what were those again if you would well for aquarius
2: i have well progress and then greatest good for the collective technology and science future thinking i'm adding friendship because i think aquarius is a lot about that
1: yes thankfully It, it it honors and values friendship like sagittarius does too so there's a hopeful uh energy as we go ahead, shall we look at,
2: I have another note here, just saw, Okay. Uh, Pluto and Aquarius, how we uh, see ourselves in the collective and what needs to shift.
1: Okay. Well, here we have our individual Rose and her chart with data that she's okayed us to present and we're, her last name, we're just, keeping private but it is december 26 1993 just had a recent uh, saturn return in fact it's as we speak because today is still february february i think i checked and it's still active right pardon me
2: we're definitely in a shadow period of it so it's still definitely going on
1: yes yes because that Saturn return, as we know, that first time when you're that Saturn returns to its natal position, that the same point still expands over a, a few years process. Yes?
2: Which also happens uh, natally, The her Saturn is uh, square the nodes. So uh, I think at this time, uh, just moving the soul forward, what needs to be worked on, maybe?
1: Well, when we say that Saturn, which is energetically wanting to know what is fundamental and in this case structures, and it is conceptual and Aquarius. So it is very involved with groups and networking, such as we were talking about. And when we speak of square the nose, which is evolutionary talk, that's like our past, what we brought into this life strengths, which in her case was in Gemini. So strong communication and strong communication with, with, other people relationships connecting those thoughts but evolving with a strong philosophical viewpoint which is always going to be changing because in her chart she has the powerhouse pluto relatively close enough to give to always ask her is this all (laughs) isn't there more (laughs) like is this really supporting your life force like what's the truth here it's pretty dynamic.
2: Uh, the the uh, I guess the opposition of Pluto North Node with all the, uh, the planets and signatures in the seventh house in Gemini. So a lot of Gemini going on, which is collecting facts and ideas. And I like to think of Gemini as the snapshot, whereas Pluto is saying, "In the North Node, what are you going to do with all that information? What's the big yeah. picture? What's the movie? What's what's the big scene?" And yeah, what that's can you dump? Dynam- yeah yeah what's Uh, useful what isn't where 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 does this little fact belong in the whole thing and is it is it necessary
1: and particularly because saturn that is that fundamental essence of what has longevity and making structure is right at the very base of her fourth No, 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 that's right. This is a little askew. It's actually in the third house. No, it's at the IC, at the very base of her uh, personal self. The fourth house represents your personal self. It's really. Like
2: ancestry, right?
1: Mm, Huge. Besides really strong planetary pairs, which is going to be how she presents which i look forward to our conversation because just as her sun sign that involves your ego and your whole self we should really look at some of these other well we have a few minutes but she is motivationally charged with that sun and mars united and then also has her values with venus what she's attracted to what really is going to be working for beauty in life along with her thoughts and they're at that last degree of sagittarius which is boy a lot of strength here uh
2: those are the critical planets aren't they if they're on 29 degrees uh it looks like venus mercury so uh, just before the solstice
1: the winter solstice
2: yeah so in the, in this lifetime really uh, thinking about what you say how you say it and the beauty of words perhaps Um, Mm. journaling writing poetry like you and (laughs) i maybe
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe yeah exactly and then
2: encourage writing i mean or languages because of the all the gemini and i guess it's a moon and gemini so i wonder if there's an interest in languages
1: and a very pragmatic mystic soul having the neptune in Capricorn, which mm-hmm. brings that spirit, that that greater than uh, greater than forces greater sense into some sense of functional usage, structured, you know, that Capricorn has with goals, along with well, it's what's outside of the box, you know, with with Aquarius, not Aquarius, but with Uranus. Shall we go to the biwheel because we have two? We have a few minutes here, five minutes actually. So this would be the Bywill, folks with her chart in on the inside, the natal chart on December 26, 1993 in Edmonton with the upcoming Saturn return, Saturn chart. Mm-hmm. This is a little different than we usually do because we have two. We're going to use Pluto too, but it, that's okay. It's all important as far as getting an idea. So here, of course, it shows if people look at the glyphs <laughs> that Saturn is just in now in her fourth house having had that Saturn return, as you said, still
2: evolving. Oh, I see it, yeah coming up on palace
1: yes yeah, strategic thinking
2: uh-huh.
1: but That's it's uh, soon <laughs> but it must be somehow very indicative of on a very personal level ready to because saturn will be there now in that house for the next uh several
2: two years and a half years whatever it is um and also as yeah. Yeah. As it passes mm-hmm. through that house, there's some asteroid goddesses. There's Vesta. Like, what's sacred to you uh, in your home fourth house?
1: Yeah, melding, br- seeing the un- unity of how these connections are, and and also it may relate to personal things with her family because mm-hmm. usually anything in the fourth house, because it mm-hmm. does relate to us and our childhood and our heritage it involves a, a, a opportunity we can say to see that reflected in real life
2: and you can go deeper the fourth house i'm always linking with roots and ancestry you can do some studies like that
1: mm, that's true or on the spiritual basis because it is in pisces right. you know it might be like well who are these people that who's my family well shall we go to here we have did I do the next one? No, I didn't. Okay, Sue. There, we have it with Pluto now. So that would be with the March 23rd. And of course, in some ways...
2: Those numbers, 3, 23, 23, those are very interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, Yes, interesting date. the beginning, all the threes, which again yeah. is inclusive. Three is where you bring the, the, the two and you it's a a change factor you bring that third factor in
2: what is the third thing that helps us see something differently or get along a little better or what's another point of view we could have
1: yeah now for rose she has pluto in the first house and with evolutionary thinking with her uh destiny point you know the north node represents the our evolutionary it's the opposite of where we've come from but it's what we need to embrace and so it means on a personal level she's willing or not well she agreed i would say to be welcoming well whether she welcomes or not there's a lot of change personal growth Soul growth, and I know that's an area that she's interested in. And And Pluto in the first
2: may also indicate having to uh, go on your own and really learning how to thrive with that. Where I'm I'm really going to explore who I am, why I'm here, and what I'm doing.
1: Now, this particular chart will have five more Mm -hmm. times to uh, replicate itself because Pluto is going to return to the zero point, and it may be, of course, through the Aquarian energy, because this will be in our third house, which is how wonderful is that? You're networking, you're communicating with your neighbors and your groups. It seems like a very conducive place to express and change those elements.
2: Absolutely. And
1: and then, and she is somebody that is interested with astrology. We'll find out to what degree when we talk to her and, get her feedback on that but what I'm thinking is is that as it goes forward of course how it interacts with other energies in our chart so this is just the the seed point the first seed point that we're looking at
2: Pluto coming up on Hygieia
1: (laughs) yeah the that's
2: that's collective sorry that's not in the natal chart
1: oh okay no sorry true but i am noticing that in this chart of hers that she has changed because uranus the change maker is right having entered and already has been entering in her seventh house so yeah, indeed in other words she's bringing in maybe more astrological people such as us i know that she and i we <laughs> met at Norwalk last year when i was had a trade table with and Norwalk is the north west astrological conference in seattle washington and at that time i was just advertising this opportunity and we've waited month after month after month and here we are finally meeting that's several months so here that's representative perhaps of greater depths of how she's interacting with looks like uranus
2: is gonna uh go over the part of fortune a, a change. In, oh, that's true. Because your aunt just takes a little bit of time to get through our house. Let's not worry about that.
1: So yeah. No, that's, that's okay. But really, well, we will find out. Because a lot of this, as we know, the south node also is an area that we're integrating and releasing. We're releasing what the shadow parts are. And we're moving ahead into, you know, it's always a balance in life. As we add something, we think something is great and it's wonderful. And then all of a sudden there's areas that it involves i mean that's why we do astrology well i'm talking certain, I don't
2: really talk- insights uh, into like the south node uh the, these habits that we have for many lifetimes i guess and sometimes they can override what we're doing and they get in the way but we need to find those things that we got really good at previously that become gifts in this lifetime and you're yes. right honest right there might bring some surprises saying, hey, you can do this. You've done it before, so utilize that.
1: Yay, team. We will return with John Chinworth and myself, Kaleidoscope Visions, Talk Cosmos on February 26th. And at that time, we'll bring in Rose shortly after we just. Okay. Thank you. We'll be right back. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yin period of Pisces, ruled modernly by Neptune and by Jupiter in traditional astrology of the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on the equality of all humans and brilliancy, Pisces concludes the 12 signs to energetically encompass the entirety of the universe where humans have no control. As a mutable water sign represented by two fish swimming in opposite directions of the forces of life, we experience in Pisces the collective unconscious energy of the unknown. Intuitive, psychic Pisces completes the seed cycle initiated with Aries' willful separation from the Piscean womb. This is Martha Narwock, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m. Thanks in part to Linda Rasmussen at VerticalEnergyWorldwide.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our animal friends Sunday. All of our regulars will be back, Meow Cat Rescue, Help Animals India, Seattle Dogs Homeless Program, plus we'll chat with the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga and find out about all the great events coming up. So I hope you can join us for Martha Narwock's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 11
0: If you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show.
2: Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Hello, everybody. We're back again. And before we actually bring on Rose, I just want to make a brief announcement, and that is is that I am part of the Washington State Astrological Association, and that is for those of you that especially that are part of the Seattle area because KKNW is broadcast out of Bellevue, which is just on the other side. It's sort of Bellevue, Seattle area. So if you are members or want to become members of Washington State Astrological Association next year starting in September there'll be openings for two board members now they vote on those board members in June and they're looking for people right now so if you're interested go to Washington State Astrological Association or email me and I'll give you the you know info at talkcosmos.com and i'll give you those that that email to contact the president because we are looking for people that are dynamic and are not dynamic that just want to be involved there's good it's a wonderful well john was involved for five years and and we've been members for many many years and every month they have Great speakers, and every other month, a great workshop. I've learned so much. So, that was my big announcement. And I don't think there's anything else except subscribe because there's always more information on top cosmos newsletters. John, did you have anything you wanted to bring up? Or,
2: um, I just do consultations, go to skypathastro.com, and we can set something up. That'd be great. <laughs>
1: Okay, and I will say then that, that next week we're having Planet Buzz, which is always the first week, and we have Wendy Stacy from the UK. And Wendy is the principal of the Mayo, International Male School of Astrology and also with the Astrological Association and been on several times. Wonderful, wonderful speaker. So do join us for that. Okay, well, I have... The chart with Rosemary. Hi, Rosemary. We're ready for you. (laughs) Hi. Hello. Hi, Rosemary. Yes. Initially speaking, perhaps, do you have any feedback that you would like to present as far as what you thought? And if you want to look at one of the three slides, let me know. But this is your natal, so we can begin there. Sure. Yeah, well, I definitely agree.
3: And it resonated a lot when, um, you know, like a very dynamic soul growth was brought up, um, as well as, you know, leading a life that where I feel very drawn to um, have a great deal of self-awareness in, uh, you know, the person I choose to be and the actions that I take. Mm hmm.
1: That's great. And I had promised others and I forgot. How are you involved with astrology? Because that could be of interest to people too. And it's, of course, important to us to understand because we're, although we'll talk so people can understand, but you are an astrologer. Yeah. So
3: I, it's been a very long journey for me. Um, my, my journey with astrology, I, first got into it when i was a teenager like around 20 2010 2010 2011 um, and then i had an existential crisis which i have many in my life around faith and um, what i believe in which i think came up in in both of your uh, assessments of my chart um, where someone told me you know astrology isn't real right and i was like oh my gosh and i went through several years of re- like, like dropping it and then rediscovering it and uh, I came back to it again because I believe what's meant for you will never truly leave you a couple of years ago. Um, so I've been studying it seriously, you know, for the second time around for a couple of years. And uh, last year was my first Norwalk, which was amazing. I loved it so much. I'm going again this year. Oh, good. And uh, yeah, so I've been offering um, natal chart readings to a handful of clients mostly walk-in walk-in clients I uh, for about a year year and a half pushing on two years this summer um, I at one point up until very recently was working at a um, antique shop and I offered walk-in
1: astrology readings there mm, smart yeah that's very good because people are interested when I think about it about the old things and astrology has this very long heritage. We know that it began 5,000 years ago in Babylonia and other places, but of course that was just, that it was recorded. It's been, there's etchings on, I think, the great horn or bone up in, where is it, 35,000 years ago that's up in Siberia or Mm -hmm. etc. Well, thank you. And you know, your pattern is similar to ours i think many astrologers walk into astrology and then reflect on it later and reassemble how it assimilate how it works i did myself never fully put it away but it took me a while until i finally jumped in because i saw it with a new perspective for soul girls yes john
2: Oftentimes it takes that when you're studying anything. I think astrology as well, you can become overwhelmed. And so so you get all this information or something, you you have to step out. And when you come back in, it's found the place where to use it. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. I know that for myself, it was all cookbook. It was all, (laughs) which helped a lot understand me. But yet, how do I apply that? I couldn't remember all those things. So I would apply with my own basis, what I knew. So if I saw somebody that was a Gemini or a Scorpio or with a moon in Aries or whatever, I would think, well, what are they doing? And how does that relate to that sign, which was useful. But when I learned the soul growth evolutionary, it really opened up and learned the dynamics. So what questions do you, with further thought, I know that you did indicate career and, soul growth? Do you have any, because with readings, it's it needs to apply to you. Why right. would you like to ask? Well, uh, for
3: a tiny bit of backstory with my Saturn return, you know, going exact uh, very recently in the recent past, I um had a very sudden and unexpected, uh, <laughs> like a series of events at my, my place of work that led to me quitting, like very unexpectedly. And that happened, um, interestingly, centered around the Saturn Kazimi, which was, I think, on the 16th of February. Um, so at the moment, I'm unemployed, and I'm looking to figure out what I'm doing next.
1: And what have you in mind? Do you have dreams of what you would like, or experience that you would like to use? Or how would you do some kind of a- reference because of course we are located where you are it's not a major major city but you're close to calgary i would imagine but more than that we're online these days
3: Mm -hmm, definitely well i so it's been my goal for a while for my astrology to be able to support me full time which is you know it's no no easy feat uh at the moment i know of a lot of astrologers who aren't able to fill up their books these days with everybody uh with the cost of living going up and all so i'm not sure um i'm going to take some time to figure it out my my plan for the next couple of weeks is to kind of just reset and maybe do a cleanse you know
1: well unless john has a thought here what i'm Because it is true. It is a challenge to immediately fill in, although it's, who knows the timing involved? You know, the fact is that there's uh, getting involved, whether it's with, I mean, getting your name out there to be consultations because online is definitely one in websites and getting involved with different groups. But I'm thinking, have you considered, because if we're talking about career are you thinking of maybe juggling it with something that would bring in a paycheck?
3: Um, so up until now, it's been it's been just you know uh, not so much. I don't I don't know. I would like to make um, astrology my career or something to that effect. But I do feel like so many changes are happening all am- around me right now. I feel a little disoriented.
2: With um, Saturn opposing uh the tenth house career um and the tenth house is not very active right now it may be a time just for uh building not necessarily making the paycheck from astrology just um uh, putting the stones in place building the table or whatever it makes sense to you you know what i'm saying
3: yeah and that also- makes, that resonates a lot yeah it does yeah, saturn think- going
2: through that fourth house for the next two years it might be a uh, building time take the classes and learn from others and read charts when you can of course and always uh, approach it in a professional way and you'll start uh, building that
1: the relationships it's true and i'm thinking immediately speaking we have mars uh, in communication which of course will be changing signs in March on the 25th, I think. Also along, and in fact, if we look at the next one with Pluto, yeah, it's gonna be on the 25th. This is the 23rd that Pluto ingresses Aquarius. But this beginning seed point is going to return and return and return. A lot of us are going to have a reconnective business, but it's in the eighth house. And it is a very psychologically deep area, but it's also a deeper way of finding out what relationships are really feeding you and which relationships aren't. And I would think, thinking of with um, what John was mentioning, with Saturn in the fourth of your private self, would that be a time where you might start connecting to organizations on some administrative, have you thought of getting involved with being on a board?
3: Um, that's not something, I don't know, I have, and maybe this is the uh, the Capricorn in me, but I have some severe imposter syndrome. So that's not something I would really seek out on my own unless it was um, uh, very clear and obvious that somebody needed help and I could offer in that kind of scenario, but yeah.
2: What did you mention earlier about like spiritual crisis or something or
3: Oh, existential crisis. Yeah, I go through those every now and again. Uh probably all the Scorpio. Um
2: you have um as soon as you said that I, I thought of your Chiron in Virgo.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um in the 10th, which I have Chiron in the 10th as well, which can give you this feeling of am I doing this right at all times. So oh, yeah. With Virgo, uh, that's kind of like a little bit of solid ground because you can, you can work on things and you can build a regimen. And I think that'd be a, a great way to, to develop that muscle where you can stand more on your own two feet and feel good about that. Always and how- returning to what, what's the plan at hand? What should I do to, to build this? Or what should I learn next in astrology? Or, and your spiritual connections to astrology. It seems to me like they might be tied together a little bit.
1: And how can I be of service? Hi, which is you. time, yes. yeah, which service does take time. So you're, we are in support. I, I feel like listening to John and myself that, of your th- initial feeling that you need to take, you want, and you're going to take this time to reassess. That is that inner self, and actually Saturn in Pisces. It that's what it's asking of all of us, anyway. Really, because and out of that, to, to be willing. You know, that the universe has energies that you'll be connecting with, but it takes time to, to figure out how can I be of service. That could be a strong part. That could is be-
3: one of the largest questions of my life, yes.
2: You have a, a series in the sixth house, which is the house of service, which is very earth-oriented and very nurturing having a nurturing approach to it. How does it make you uh, feel good? And um, is it healthy for you? Is a question you could always ask yourself.
1: Isn't it in Aries?
2: Ceres and Aries in the sixth, in Italy.
1: Yes, right. And I was noticing that too. How do I nurture myself? It could, a thought, because astrologers are often involved with other physical, metaphysical-oriented energies whether it's massage therapy or Reiki I'm that offer or hypnosis, you know, regressive. I don't know if you have an education or do you have you uh possibly a four year education that you've oh are you asking me if I've completed college or
3: or something? Similar? Yes, yes, yes. I'm just wondering
1: if you have a a, a I have I have a, some education myself. I've not a four-year degree. So I'm not trying to comp- anything of that sort, but I'm just asking you if no, you have I've had a I've had a
3: pretty unusual relationship with education. Uh I was homeschooled growing up and I don't technically have any um official documents to support
1: my education
3: well, in that's the eyes fine. of the government.
1: Yeah. Yep. And in fact that's many of us. So it's okay. I mean it's okay as far as I'm I'm not judging you. Well, speak less, Sue, get to the point. So in other words, what I'm offering is perhaps there could be some tactile service that would give that nurturing both to yourself and to a career as a stepping stone through, and that would also involve people of a like-minded that would be interested in the astrological growth i mean
2: Ceres being, being the gardening goddess how, what garden would you like mm-hmm. to plant that goes and uh, to help support a career in astrology
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh if only i could plant a literal garden unfortunately i live in
1: an <laughs> apartment building
2: <laughs> oh yeah
1: mm-hmm. well there i'll go off into left should i go into left field why no. not okay, no, okay. well i because yeah <laughs> i was thinking because you know because you do have such strong well do you, yes i mean relationships i'm thinking with that process but a seventh house i'm looking at your seventh house and with saturn in aquarius which is groups and consciousness that perhaps you're able to help construct through a group, wider consciousness, like planting. In my heart of hearts, I used to clip all these articles out, and I remember that there are rooftops where buildings created gardens of food, or in basements, hydroponic. And I remember in Seattle, they had a hydroponic farm that would then the millionaires group, which is the homeless, group there, would come and tend and would bring out to different restaurants that were on a scale. I mean, it's all very utopian thinking in a sense, but yet it's grounded. It's in functional where there are restaurants where have homeless people that have been trained that come in and work to learn skills and people Mm -hmm. pay on a sliding scale. I don't know how successful they were, but it's really a great thought. But is that type of thinking that's outside of the box, but yet grounded, and also serving the world at large. You know, it... That sounds lovely.
3: Really, that does sound lovely. Yeah.
2: Um, Your second house has a a lot of planets in it. And... um, uh, what was I going to say about that? It was a really great thought, and it left me. <laughs> I love when that
1: happens. Well, it's very practical. <laughs> it's very true. You really are a, it's survival instincts. All those are motivated. They want and to have ground. a
2: strong ground to stand on with all the planets there, mm-hmm. right? So, Aries you, you always want to have that foundation. So, whatever you can do to keep that foundation strong is going to serve you well.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you've both really caught me at a time where my foundation
1: is changing all around me. So, Well, in, in that case, going to the soul growth, which is really so much involved with intention and feeling and affirmation and a shamanic journey of itself, what and this is personal, so answer as you wish. Of course, do you have? Rather than here, we've been focusing on the the practical, but yet on the on the growth, the soul growth. Did you have a certain energetic direction that you were, or, or discipline, or if I'm communicating that you were thinking of using? Mm, good question. No, I. I
3: would resonate perhaps most with the word eclectic uh i like to sample and understand many different points of view um talking about how different worldviews can affect how you interface with your your personal world is really really interesting to me um i resonated a lot when it was brought up at the beginning the the difference between having the south node in gemini and the north node in sag uh, assimilating data, but needing to figure out how it fits into the larger picture. That's a that's a journey that I haven't um, fully figured out yet. <laughs> well,
1: you know, to really give yourself the benefit of any doubt, you have enormous energies that you're trying to coalesce. So it's not an instant abracadabra deal. Yeah. And you have Jupiter there right at the crest, of your ascendant, in other words, the big, it makes everything big, and it's in a very powerfully deep sign, Scorpio, that's all included with what is giving me life, you know, what is life and death, it's not Mickey Mousing around, you want to know, and you need to know what the truth is involved with things, and it's relentless, you you have relentless energies, so (laughs) be kind to yourself, but there are many shamanic journeys, and there's many groups and paths. Like I had mentioned Kepler College, for instance, which is not Kepler College itself, but the Toastmasters group, which is about speaking. And we meet every week or the weeks that you can, because it could be that as a long-term giving, you know, you have communicative skills galore and, you, you know, of speaking, learning to speak, because whether you do webinars or whether you do The classes or whether you do speeches and whatnot, that's just an idea right off the bat. Now, that's not deep shamanic work, but it's more of the practical that leads towards a skill just as an invitation. But Jupiter is mm -hmm. also
2: um, in the 12th house, which is like your sacred space. And I like that. It looks like that's Juno there, which is having a relationship with that. So putting together some kind of spiritual practice that you can do regularly would, I think, be very useful. Even No matter how big that is, just be able to sit and explore with your imagination what that might be, to sit in silence with it. Or to, am I making sense?
3: Absolutely. It's been on my to-do list for probably since last Norwalk, so almost a year. It's been on my to-do list to create a planetary altar for each of wow. the seven traditional planets, the seven visible planets, planets. Um, And, you know, I haven't had time, but you now I do.
1: So that's the next thing on my list. And you could document that, just even Mm -hmm. however you use that. I think many people with these changes happening that we're all experiencing, this is a collective, these are very social, disintegrating, re-centralizing, decentralizing, re-centralizing, if that's a word, that your experience might relate profoundly to other people that are that, that have a go to, you know, creating an altar, you know, of that sense. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Yeah. Well, we have a minute. Thank you, Rose. I, thank thank you, you. Rose. Applaud your journey. It is very exactly so perfect for the Piscean inner direction that we all need to do. You know, new moons give that chance, of course, and full moons too, vision boards and ongoing process. So thank you. Well, John, you don't need to mute yourself. (laughs) We have about a minute with our sign-off toggle. It's been a joy. We'll be together again in April. Yes, April with Amanda.
2: All right. Looking forward to it.
1: Now we can begin talking about. So now what's it all about? We're in the mix. We're in the soup. We're feeling that so strongly. Oy. Yeah. So that'll be the second. No, it'll be the fourth. The fourth Saturday. The fourth. Yes, that'll be March 26th. Oy. Okay. Blessings and love to everybody. Thank
0: you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.